Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Happy 2021, guys. So thrilled that we are back. New topics, new year. Goodness, I hope we have a transformed energy for this year. As many of us enter the new year, what are the typical things that we think about? We think about fitness. We think about work goals. We think about what we want to manifest. And here we are in a spiritually based podcast talking about karma. Yes, karma not the punishment based karma that we probably have grown to hear about like karma's a biatch and what goes around comes around i want you to get really really clear about karma why because karma is so much more intricate and important than just this philosophy and belief that the bad things happen it's because of karma Karma is a philosophy of how to live our lives so we could truly become the best version of ourselves and live the most fulfilling life we desire. So what better way to start the new year than to introduce a philosophy in a deeper, more meaningful way? Karma is a Sanskrit word for action. It's not a word for fate. It refers to a cycle of cause and effect that is very important in many Eastern religions, particularly in Hinduism and Buddhism. This is about action. It's not about the result that when you do something bad, something bad will happen. When you do something good, that something good will happen. It's it, That's a very basic understanding. It's not this like cosmic judicial system where justice will prevail and you can just defer to that. You know, here's the reality. The future is not set in stone and we can change the path of our life by the choices, the thoughts, the free will, the deeds that we do right now. That is why as human beings, as souls, we have been given this consciousness to have free will to either grow and evolve or we could even go backwards too, right? We could come in at a certain consciousness, but by the choices that we make, by the the patterns, the beliefs, the actions that we take, we can actually go backwards sometimes. Let's talk all about karma. So how does it work? So as I share a lot, I know you have heard this. If you listen to this podcast, then you have heard me say this, that everything is energy. Our thoughts are energy. Emotions are energy in motion. And karma is no different. Karma is simply energy. It's our intentional thoughts and action. So the energy we generate now will have some effect on us in the future. It has nothing to do with the reward and punishment. So karma is unbiased per se, and it's ours to control. So in essence, everything that we do creates a corresponding energy that comes back to us in some form, right? And sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's lifetimes later, but there is this cause and effect that gets created by action and then the effect of that action. So simply, everything you do creates either a positive or negative consequence based on the energy and the intention of whatever that action was. So as human beings, we're going on this journey to grow and evolve. No new news there. I share that all the time. Life is like our soul school. It comes here to take tests, to get pop quizzes, 
and we have teachers along the way that we don't even realize all our relationships are new teachers we go through different grades in every challenging situation unpleasant encounter tough person and problem is a test for us and everything we do is linked to our karma so karma is an energy we create every moment of our life from our actions through our thoughts through our words from how we treat others how we see our role in the world the way we use our life and develop our character. So it's all about from your dharma to this essence of how you treat other people. And the rules we need to follow is more of a pass or fail on this test. It's not like I got to get 100%. And these this test that we're going to go through is based on the rules of the 12 laws of karma. Yes, there are 12. We only talk about the one, the cause and effect, but there are 12 laws. When I heard this, I was like, this is fascinating. So I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So based on our free will, we will change, grow, heal, evolve, our mistakes and what we hear, right? When you heal generational trauma, you heal your own trauma, you are not only stopping this pattern to move forward, the generational pain and trauma from our lineage gets healed. And this thought was just like mind-blowing to me. So a woman, a little girl, a baby, a girl baby will be born with all the eggs from the moment that she is born. So essentially, her children are within her, her part of her child that's going to be born some 20, 30 years later is already a part of her from the moment that she's born. Now, think about this. So you were in your mother's womb from the moment she was born. She was in your grandmother's womb from the moment she was born. We talk about when your baby is in your body, how they absorb your feelings, your emotions, your energy. But think about it this way. Everything that you experience, your child, the part of your child that you are contributing to is already within you, feeling, experiencing, and it's absorbed into that cell. And so it is it is such a mind-blowing thing to 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 understand that that you were in your great 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 grandmother's womb. <laughs> because the generations and that trauma gets passed and passed and passed. So as we are because in time space reality there is no linear, right? It's just time is now. Just think about it. When you heal yourself at this moment, boom, it's like cataclysmic, like it's spreading to every single soul that is connected, every single cell, every single being that's connected, whether deceased or in living form, it's getting healed and transformed. And so I want you to look at this perspective, this really grand perspective of when you are shifting karma, when you are healing, when you're evolving, you are doing it not just for yourself, not just for your child, not just for your parent. You're doing it in a cataclysmic way that you don't even know. So this is really important. A lot of our pain or trauma or challenges can be stemmed from things that we haven't even experienced. So I'll give you a prime example of this. In this current life, 
I have not experienced any sexual trauma. I know I feel very, very blessed and I'm like knocking on wood, but it's like I've never experienced anything like that. However, there's a tangible experience of that that lives in my body because I know of people in my lineage that that has happened to. And so that trauma, though it's not mine in this particular lifetime, has been transferred and sent into my DNA and cellular being because uh, to be healed. It's not even mine to be healed and to be released because of it being passed down from lineages in different generations. So let's go back. I know I went on a little bit on a tangent, but it was like just a mind-blowing thing that I wanted to share with you guys. Let's go back to the 12 laws of karma. Okay, so understanding these laws can really help us see the interplay between our actions or our causes and the effects. But I really want you to get out of the viewpoint that karma is about good or bad, that there's positive, negative. I think there that really feeds into the duality of right, wrong. This really changes the way that we're going to interact with others when we don't look at things from black, white, good, bad, right, wrong, right? We got to really wipe that away because that's the realm of then when there's no need to be right, no need to be wrong, no need for me to prove my point, no need for me to change your point, that we can actually enter the space of just like, being able to be with people and to hear people and even still disagree. We don't need to like think the same things, but there's a mutual respect without having to attack someone's character or, you know, making a judgment about them. So whether you hold any spiritual beliefs or not, understanding the 12 laws of karma really comes to play in your life, whether we recognize it or not. So as we explore these laws, Think about ways you can create karma that will support your dreams and goals. This moving past, like I said, the apparently bad karma is simply making the choice every day to learn from your mistakes. And as you know better, you will do better. I think that's much more of a healthier mindset than believing that if I do this, then I'm going to attract bad karma. So think about it, right? Like mistakes are only mistakes when we look at something from hindsight. Like in the moment, you don't feel like it's a mistake because you feel like it's from your highest good. You're coming from the consciousness that you have at that moment. You think that it is the appropriate choice given that time space reality. It's only when you take some space and you're looking at it from an outside perspective, you're like, oh, that was a mistake, right? And then we beat ourselves up about it. But it's just that when we knew at that moment, that was what was the best choice for our consciousness. And now when you know better, you will do better. I love that by Maya Angelou, so simple, but so powerful. So let's talk about the first law. The first law is the one that you know, the great law or the law of cause and effect. When most people talk about karma, this is what we're referring to, the great law of cause and effect, which tells us in order to get what we want, we have to embody and be worthy of those things. Listen to my manifestation podcast, guys. I'll go into so much depth into there about feeling the worthiness and being happy in this moment and not deferring that this person, this thing, this situation, living at this home and this place is some sort of golden ticket to create happiness in my life at a later point. So it shows us that whatever our thoughts, energies, or deeds that we're giving out, we are going to receive that back. And the Manifestation Podcast really talks more about that of like, 
creating the vibration of what it is that you desire. What does that really even mean? Um, and it has to do a lot with self-worth, what you believe that you are worthy of, what you believe that can come to you and how to be content and okay with where you are right now and realize anything that we desire won't enhance how we feel. It's only going to amplify how we currently feel. So if you're happy in a calm state of mind now, it's going to amplify that. If you're in a worried, nervous state in a constant anticipation, it's going to amplify that. You're going to have a moment of wow, exuberation, and then you're going to go on to find something else that you can want, desire, anticipate. So we really have to shift this energy because whatever energy we are right now is the same energy that we're going to be at that later point. So it's very similar, like I said, to the law of attraction. I go really more in depth than the basic law of attraction in that manifestation podcast. Definitely, definitely, definitely listen to that. So think of it this way. If you want happiness, if you want peace, if you want generosity and love, you must exhibit this yourself and treat others this way now. We have to embody how we want to feel with the things that we want to attract right now. I can be happy even if I don't have what it is that I desire. I am still okay of like really getting into that space. I am okay. And anything that we desire, that would be really, really cool. It will make this life experience really interesting. It will make it really fun, but I am not dependent on that. The second law is the law of creation. So life doesn't happen to us. We are the co-creator of making what it is that you want based on your intentions. And so when I was learning about manifestation, this was really interesting because I'm like, what does it truly mean to be a co-creator? I thought that all these experiences are happening out of my control, right? Every experience, it's not like I'm controlling and manifesting them to happen. It's someone else that's bringing, like whether my car breaks down or whether I get in a car accident or whether, you know, all these different things are different scenarios that I'm in. I'm not orchestrating that. That's how I felt at first. And the reality is is that we are part co-creator of what happens. It's our intentions and what we believe and think when these circumstances happen that really creates our life experience. So yes, there is an element of life is going to happen to us. There's a partnership here, right? We are saying co-creator. You are not the creator. There is a divine essence that's co-creating with us to create this life experience. So don't wait for great things to fall in your lap. We can create them through inspired action. So we have this vision, this desire that we want to manifest, and we will take inspired action towards it. In this moment, right, we are going to hold the energy of being in joy, being in peace, being in happiness, being in gratitude, being in the enoughness of what we have in this moment, but we're gonna take inspired action towards this desired goal. So look at what's surrounding you. It reflects what's going on internally. Look at the relationships, look at the speed of your life, look at your surroundings, like the environment that you live in. This is gonna show you, are you living in inner chaos? Are you living with expansion, with space, with ease? If you don't like the way your life looks right now, ask yourself what needs to be released, what blocks are being present, that you can create space for the thing that you desire to show up. So 
anything that we want, we have to create space and let go of something in order for that to happen. Otherwise, we would have way too much overwhelm, way too much stuff, things, um, experiences to keep track of. There has to be a letting go to allowing in. So if there's uh, any sort of tension of like, I can't let go of this belief. I can't let go of this thing. I can't let go of this person. Where's the attachment? All right. So now let's move on to law three, the law of humility. So we need to accept things with humility, without finger pointing, without blaming, without feeling like a victim. We have to be able to accept the reality of what our circumstances are before we can ever shift our energy, our viewpoint, our belief, the way that we respond to it. So for example, if you're constantly blaming others for things that you created or you see anyone who disagrees with you and you think, oh, they're a hater, you're not in full acceptance of your energy and your part. You will therefore find it very difficult to make the shifts you need. So constant self-awareness of what it is that I need to learn, I need to change, I need to grow from the mistakes I've made. It's not this inner battering of yourself. It's just the humility to always look within because in your realm, in your universe, everything is showing up to help you grow, evolve, and heal. In someone else's life, all the circumstances, all the pain, all the joy, all the loss is showing up to help them stretch them to grow, evolve, and to learn from their mistakes. So we have to look at situations with humility and recognize the other is just showing up as a teacher of something we need to address and learn. Law number four is the law of growth. Growth starts with us. So ultimately, you only have control over yourself. We've heard this a million times. So we cannot change the world around us before growing ourselves. And that growth is never ending. That doesn't end when you graduate from school or college. This is the ultimate school of life, right? Soul school. We are constantly growing until the moment we take our last breath. And even after that, our soul is growing in a different realm. And then we might manifest again into another body to learn, grow, and evolve. There are always new things to learn. There's always new ways we can improve. There's always new skills or traits to develop. And I look at it like the phases, right? Like we're going through different phases of consciousness and there's different rules, different different ideas um, that we are learning and we're also dropping away. I had read this somewhere that I loved. It's like knowledge is acquiring information and wisdom is letting go of information. And so it's like simplifying your life to kind of create space to like live in the truth. And the truth is always simple. It's always based in simplicity. It's not wordy. It's very, very like when you know the truth, it just resonates deeply. No one needs to prove it. Nobody needs to like give like a 20 minute lecture on it. It's just a simple sentence and it just boom hits you because it's like that's the truth. Like you just know it in your being, in your fiber, in your cells. So there's no way your life is going to change unless you start changing yourself. And a lot of times when I look at change, it's one, asking a higher self to help me release the blocks that are preventing me from 
allowing my divine consciousness to shine through. It is not that you are reaching a place of learning new things. Everything is already within you. Your most divine, enlightened, conscious self, the Buddha, the golden Buddha is already within you. You were born with it. It's just that layers of shields and walls and clay have been covering up that light. So asking for a higher being to help release those energies, the thoughts, the circumstances, like help me, help me release. It's this going back to humility of praying and like allowing a divine energy. I resonate with angels. And so it's like asking the angels, please help me release this. But higher beings, whatever you believe in, whether it's source or God or Jesus or angels, they can't help to shift our energy unless we actually physically and consciously ask. So I think change is all about releasing first, right? Like letting go, helping me open my eyes to a more spiritual perspective and then allowing ourselves to not be like, this is bad about you. This is bad. It's about what can we add into our life that will enhance it? And when we add certain traits or certain actions, all the things that no longer serve us just kind of flimsy away. They kind of float away. So it's not so much focusing on this is bad about me and I need to focus. It's like, what do I want to embody? What do do I want to be more of? Do I want to be more empathetic? All right. So let me see situations where I'm not being empathetic and how do I infuse empathy, right? You're going to have to experience the opposite, like be put into situations where you don't feel empathetic in order to embody empathy. Or if you want to be more patient, you're going to be put into situations where you don't feel patient that's going to trigger you so that you can learn to embody patience. You're not just going to magically, oh, I'm patient one day or I'm empathetic one day. You got to be tested and right, it's going to hone those skills by being into situations, into relationships that's going to test you, that's going to trigger you in the opposite way and then see if you can step beyond to allow yourself to embody that quality. So law number five is the law of responsibility. So this law aims to teach you that you should be looking to take ownership of the things that you create, your words, your thoughts, rather than constantly looking outside yourself, you're taking responsibility and being able to shift yourself. So ultimately, you're taking ownership of what's happening, both the messy, both the really extravagant and amazing. You're not making excuses. You're not, like I said, looking at life as this is good or bad. We know this. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control and take responsibility for how you respond to things. Law number six is the law of connection. So we are all interdependent, meaning we are connected in some way to every being around us, right? And when we talk about energy, we really start to embody this, right? Like I went in the empath podcast, we talk about how you can feel other people's energy. You can walk into a room and you can kind of feel energy. This is a prime sign of our connection, right? Without words, we can feel. And so it is our sixth sense. So even if you look at it at a physical level, like coronavirus has really, really tried to highlight this for us, that my very outbreath 
is your inhale what sustains you. We are that much interconnected, right? Like our breaths are interflowing with each other, whether we can see it or not. We're connected by our past, our present, our future. We've had lifetimes together, whether we realize it or not. So everything you've experienced in the past makes you who you are today and it influences who you will become tomorrow. There is a connection of everything. So this includes how you've interacted with people and how your future interactions will influence their lives, right? Like I talk about being in your authentic truth means that you are a divine vessel and instrument to allow information to be downloaded to you. You can be an earth angel for someone else. You may not even realize it. Channeled information will come through to you and it'll be exactly what they need to hear. You can be a messenger for someone else. That's how interconnected we are. When we talk about spiritual teachers, and relationships being that spiritual lesson for each other, it's not just the triggering. It's also that healing. Like, wow, she said exactly what I need to hear. I felt so heard. I felt so seen. I felt so safe with her or him because they were truly in their essence and it was exactly what I needed. They're able to hold space for another. So now let's move on to law number seven. We're trudging away. All right, so this is the law of focus. We can only put our energy toward one thing at a time. Yes, I know all you modern mamas are like, what is? I am the queen of multitasking. But let me tell you, you may be the queen of multitasking, but then you're not the queen of presence because there is no way you can be fully present when your attention is diverted. When your mind is focusing on one thing and your body is doing another thing, there is a discongruence that's happening there. We lose connection to our groundedness. We are not aware of when the signs, those physiological signs that I'm telling you about, when the emotions come up, you're not going to pick up on those cues. You're going to get more likely trained into being anxious, to rush, and more often than you will like. And what happens is that leads to fatigue. That leads to burnout. That leads to mental fogginess. You are not going to be as productive and effective as you want to be. You are going to get stressed out when you are chronically in overdrive. What does that mean? Later on, when you're with your kids, you're going to snap. So really take this into consideration. I know you think that multitasking could be your badge of your superhero status, but the truth is we accomplish more when we focus on one thing at a time. And I talk a lot about you know, if you feel like your plate is so full and you feel like, oh my gosh, it would feel counterproductive to stop and meditate and breathe. I can't stop right now. Then slow it down a notch. Just slow it down, dial it down just a little bit by taking mindful breathing resets. I talk a lot about like, you know, that breath that inhaling slowly through your nose for four counts, exhaling slowly through your mouth, out of your mouth. Do it while you notice that you're rushing. Do it while you're washing the dishes. Do it when you're driving. Do it when you're sending the email. Infuse it into the tasks that you're already doing, okay? You're not stopping, but you're slowing it down. Let your breath slow down. Let your movement slow down. Let your mind slow down. It's so healing for your mind, body, and soul so that when something unexpected happens that forces you to pivot, when that tantrum happens with your child, when that power struggle happens, you are going to have your... Rest and relax parasympathetic nervous system more activated than your sympathetic, that fight flight. 
It is so, so important how we are treating ourselves all the other hours of the day aside from the heat of the moment, right? We only focus on the heat of the moment. I should have been more patient. I should have breathed. I should breathe through that really tough situation. It's how you're breathing and how you're treating yourself all the other hours that's going to really dictate when that when that pop quiz comes up, how you are going to be focused, how you're going to respond to it. So prioritize your tasks and goals. Use inspired action. Do not engage in any activity unless you feel inspired to do it. Really do a muscle test, a test within you. Do I feel like my energy can match the task? Does my focus match the task? There is a time and place for everything. The emails, the paying your bills, the conversations with your boss, the anything, whatever it is. So many tasks that we do. Just use the law of focus to help you keep your thoughts in line with what you are doing. Law number eight, the law of giving and hospitality. So the law of service. This law is about the way in which the universe will test you. Life gives you opportunities to put learned lessons into practice and it shows when you need to do further work on some aspect of your character. So in life we will have opportunities to demonstrate our commitment to the belief of serving others, to give, to hold space, to be empathetic, to be compassionate. And this is the test whether we are just the talk or we walk the walk. So your actions will reflect what you believe and it's actions speak louder than words, right? So these tests will show what you need to grow a little bit more on in yourself and what beliefs that you are really holding value to that you're congruent with your actions. Law number nine is the law of the here and now. This is about living in the present. I talked a little bit about that just a few minutes ago, but you lose the ability to enjoy the moment when you focus on the past or future, right? When you're future tripping or you're clinging on too hard to past feelings and hurt, or you're in living in anticipation, this like active anticipation of what's going to happen in the future. It could manifest into worrying or this like, I want this so badly. I want this so badly. I want this so badly. That takes away your joy of fully being grateful and enjoying what's happening right here and right now in front of you. And so really not living in the present and just being like, okay, in this moment, I am safe. I am here now. You know, in the meditation for kids book, I have that exercise, like taking a soul memory. Well, I do that. That is based on an exercise I do that looking around, scanning the room, focusing my eyes on something that's non-triggering and I blink three times and really gaze at it to be here and now. And then I take that into whatever action or whatever deed or whatever I'm doing in that moment so I can bring full presence. And a lot of times you're going to have to do it many, many times a day, right? We can't always be present every single moment because we haven't trained ourselves. That's certainly the goal that we were hoping for. But right now, the reality is that, you know, we have we have moments of lucidness of where we're fully in the moment and then moments that we are kind of checked out. So we just have to be aware of when that happens. And that's where the mindfulness practice and the meditation, because these are all tools that are going to help us more quickly recognize when we've checked out and gone into autopilot. So we've heard this, the present is all we have. And to experience peace of mind, we truly have to be here and embrace 
the present by letting go of the past and the future. You guys know that. But really do that soul memory exercise to help you embody this law of here and now. So law number 10 is the law of change. When you think about law of change, you connect with the message that the universe gives us what you need. So you will find that history continually repeats itself until you demonstrate that you've learned what you need to to be a different person, to create a different future. This is about an energetic change. This is not just changing your thoughts, right? So many times think about it, someone's like, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit smoking. It's a thought. But you have to energetically change yourself in order to allow the vibration to embody you. And so what does that mean? I found that like doing kundalini yoga, doing kundalini meditation, the breath work, that's what energetically literally shifts you. I've been told by people, if you look at my old pictures at college or my early 20s to now, people have said, like people who know me are like, when you look at your picture, you look like you're getting younger and younger. There's a glow to you. There's a light. There's a vibrancy, a radiance what you see like a twinkle in your eye, that is an energetic change. So it is like, you know, it's not just about beauty, (laughs) someone's beauty or their external. There's something that energetically is different about that person or you feel, right? Like there's a person and you're just instantly drawn to them. You don't know them. They never said a single word, but there's something about them that's just like, wow, there's something dynamic. That's the shift. We When we talk about change, we're changing ourselves energetically so that we can embody and hold these new ideas, these new characters, the traits, these new uh, practices that we want to hold that will create a better life. We'll build more prana, more life force energy. We can be more magnanimous and magnetic to the goals that we want. So if you notice that you're stuck in a loop, that these patterns and this problem keeps showing up, It's because there is some facet of that that is left to be healed and you're missing it and it needs to be addressed. Do not get discouraged. It just means it's some facet. It doesn't mean that everything that you've done or all the work that you've done is useless. You're coming to it from a different energetic point. It just requires some other way of looking at it. I like to think of like a spiritual lesson that we've been called to do as an onion and we're peeling back different layers, layers, layers. And at some point, boom, there'll be like this cataclysmic, like it's like this release that happens. But until that happens, we have to keep peeling back the layers because there's some facet of it that needs to be looked at. Next is law number 11, which is the law of patience and reward. So simply stated, all of your greatest successes require constant hard work. This means that you need to be patient regardless of your goals in life. Just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen right now. This whole instant gratification thing that we've learned to be accustomed to is not the natural course of life. And that's why we struggle. That we are so used to getting things, boom, now, Amazon Prime, now, Netflix, now, It's hard to put in the work and just be in the faith and the trust. I'm in it for the long haul. For as long as it takes, I will take inspired actions. And when 
energetically, I am ready to hold and receive what it is that I desire, whether it's a financial goal or career goal or dharma or whatever it is, that success will eventually follow. If the intention has been placed, if it comes into your consciousness as a desire, it's a premonition of what it is that's meant for you in the future. Okay, it's just like giving you like a little goalpost. Now you need to focus on the journey. Don't just focus on the outcome. It is all about the journey. I know we hear that so true because from point that we desire something to it happens, we evolve, we grow, we shift, we change and that is priceless. Our soul is here for that. It looks linear, but it's really just a cataclysmic like I said that growth that's happening in all spectrum so if you feel like in the physical realm something is taking longer than you planned but with your consistency and your hard work it's going to show up when it's destined to so find the joy in the journey of learning discovering and expanding your gifts and you will find the reward is that much more enjoyable you will be more grateful for it and the joy is not short-lived you are like truly in the essence of gratitude when it arrives all right guys the last law the law of significance and inspiration so this is a great law to focus on when we need a motivational boost or we begin to feel like we don't have a purpose or we don't matter or what is my dharma and what is my purpose you're very confused It states that every contribution you make will affect the world. And I'm not talking about your donations and the big things that you do. Every little action from the way that you tuck your child in at night and the conversation that you have to how you let someone just pass um, in front of you in the grocery line, even though it's like 10 people deep, you let the old lady go in front of you. Our purpose, we like to define it as our job because we spent more waking hours of our life doing our job or our career, but it's not true. Our purpose is not our career. It is who we are, not what we do. That's what brings significance into our life and that really defines the essence of our purpose and our mission in this world. How do we want others to feel in our presence and how are we going to leave the world what kind of mark are we going to leave and it could be simple right really really simple things you don't have to be elon musk you bring that purpose in every single day you are born with a specific gift a mission a purpose that only you can bring in the world marie forleo says that with such conviction and it is so so true We are here to authentically share our strengths. We are all given gifts. We are not here to play small because that doesn't serve anyone. Nobody before you and nobody after you will ever have the unique essence the way that you do to bring forth your gift. So it might feel like, oh, so many people have done this before me or so many people are doing this. What's different? I'm not any different. You may think that, but You are born not by mistake. The odds of you being here were all working and stacking against you, but you're here. You're here for a purpose. And every desire, every belief, everything that inspires you. So when you see someone doing something that you're like, wow, that would be a really cool experience, that inspires me. There's something awakening in you. 
So when someone says to me, like who I know, there's one person in particular comes in my mind, like when they see, like I've done TV segments, they're like, wow, that is so inspiring. You, you, by you showing up, it's giving all of us who have this mission really gives them permission to be like, this is available to us. We can do this too. And that's what true inspiration is. When you stand in your truth, you're inspiring someone else to be like, I can stand in my truth too. And if someone's in the right vibration, that's what they're going to take out of it. They're like, wow, that's really inspiring. That's really cool. I can celebrate that person. Now on the other, other spectrum, if you're in a space of jealousy, in a space of lack, you're going to see someone who's doing something. You're going to be like, why not me? I'm better than them. Like it's a different energy then, right? That's what true inspiration is, is that you're giving yourself permission that yes, these things are available to me. This can, I can do this. And when you see someone else, it's like another recognition that that is meant for you, that you can do that if you truly desire it. So you may think that your actions and your skills are small. They're not making big impacts. Every action you make can have a significant impact on you, others, and the world. The rewards may not happen right now, or you may never see it maybe in this lifetime, but it's like you're planting the seeds so that you know that there is more positivity that was left in the presence of your life than if you were never born. So... There you have it, guys, the 12 laws of karma, the set of powerful guidelines to live your life so we can pass our tests that our soul school has brought us here to do. It's a lifestyle, right? You can see that. It's about promoting that really intentional way of living, thinking, breathing, doing. It's particular in the way that we look at our life and our actions and our deeds and it goes beyond good and bad if there's anything i want you to take away from that it's not about punishment guys so apply these laws of karma into your life and discover more fulfillment more productiveness more of an impactful life let's make 2021 amazing the struggles and the challenges that's happening in the world they're not going to go away but in spite of that bringing our new energy and this new intentionality will, like I said, when you're in your authentic truth, you're going to give permission to inspire someone else and inspire someone else and there creates a trickle effect. So use this as your great freedom of understanding how your actions and your work will not only change your life, but those around you. Satnam, my beautiful friends, if you have any questions or any comments or any messages regarding this, please, please, please reach out to me. I cannot wait to hear from you. These types of conversations are my favorite. And I just love going deep with you guys and just hearing your point of view. And let's just please be mindful that there is more than enough space for all of us to have different opinions, right? We don't have to agree on everything. There's space to agree to disagree. And let's just do it respectfully because that's all we have. We are all connected and it's okay if your truth varies and feels different than my truth. All right, guys, have a beautiful, beautiful week. I hope you learned so much and sending so much love to you as we start the new year. Bye, guys. 
If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you gotta do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're gonna wanna have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.